Welcome to the weekly ACG New York podcast. I'm Helena Robbins-Huddleston. I'm a partner at Cohn Rosnick in our transaction advisory practice. And today I'm speaking with Tyler Mayores, the co-founder and CEO of CoolBeans. For those of you not familiar with CoolBeans yet, it is a frozen, vegan, gluten-free burrito that besides tasting good, promotes the natural power of legumes, including chickpeas, kidney beans, and lentils. Legumes should be an important part of anyone's diet as they are higher in fiber and protein. So going into today's discussion, Tyler, the first question I have for you is, a plant-based diet is continuing to gain in popularity. Typically, consumers are choosing a plant-based diet because they're focused on least of these three driving factors, health, the environment, or humane. How would you categorize cool beans into these three categories? Yeah, that's a great question. So we, um, I, I went vegan about four years ago. And when I did so, it was really driven by climate and the environment. But um, very quickly, I, I, I wanted to try to eat whole food plant-based. And I realized very quickly that there wasn't a lot of options in the grocery store, that most of what you saw was kind of vegan fast food or vegan junk food, highly processed. And we wanted to create something that was made from whole food ingredients, simple and very minimally processed. And so that's what we came up with. So I would say it's probably health first, but climate change was the driving force that put it, got us here. And then obviously kind of once you move along that compendium, you, you start to feel for the animals and the, the factory farming that, that litters the country. So <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and with the burritos being frozen, have you faced any distribution challenges getting the product to the retailers and consumers, especially with what we were given in 2020? Yeah. So. Frozen has been an interesting place, um, but even before COVID, Frozen was growing and it was growing faster than um, some of the other areas of the grocery store. And that's primarily because I think younger people, millennials and Generation Z are starting to realize the benefits of Frozen. You can really lock in the nutrient value and you can also lock in flavor. And so unlike the old days of the Swanson and, and TV dinners, et cetera, people now realize that, that Frozen is a very um, good, better for you alternative. So it was growing and then COVID did. I mean, it really took off as a result. So I think in the last year, something like 28% in the mm -hmm. Frozen aisle. And that's because people were buying things that they could grab for a long period of time, hold, put in their freezer and wouldn't have to worry about going to the grocery store as often, uh, which has been good. However, on the downside, um, it does limit your ability to do e-commerce because nobody, including even Amazon, has figured out e-commerce yet for Frozen. And so as a result, uh, we did some e-commerce on our website at the very beginning, primarily to provide the product to people that we were um, advertising to or, or highlighting to on social media, but yet wouldn't have a store nearby that had that um, over time we've really kind of pushed that off to partner. So there's a company called Vegan Essentials, um, GTFO Vegan, that deliver across the country on an e-commerce basis. Then in places like San Francisco, we, we work with Good Eggs and then Instacart is with our Sprout stores and um, a couple other stores like Deerberg's uh, across the country. So I think what everyone's so, yeah, learning- Yeah, so it's definitely been an impact, but we, uh, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just saying what everyone's learning, I think this past year is really important at partners and, and making sure the execution from yeah. producing to distributing, you know, you have those partners in place that can help you adapt when you have to. 
Yeah, as well as pivoting, I think, you know, a lot of people kind of went into the, uh, obviously COVID wasn't anything we all expected, but uh, a lot of things changed as it happened. And one of the biggest one was the buyers at all these grocery stores were so inundated with just keeping the shelves stocked and they just couldn't, they had so many problems already that they didn't want to bring new products in. And so that was really shelved for most uh, retailers from March until probably June. <clears throat> then some limited people started bringing that back, <clears throat> including like we got into Sprouts. We started going on shelf in May. Uh, so we were really impacted by that because we were brand new. And um, the um, Sprouts was kind of the big first account we, we joined into and they, they brought us in in September. Uh, and now it's really started to pick up again in this first quarter. You see a lot more pitches, a lot more people are starting to bring into emerging brands. So that's good, but it was definitely put on hold for a period of time for a lot of retailers. Yeah, we, we've been hearing from a lot of our clients that, yeah, it was definitely hard to get on shelves if you weren't already there. And then just also launching new products. And so that kind of goes me into my next question with you. You know, the product flavors that I saw for Cool Beans were tikka masala, spicy chipotle, and Morocco gold. How did you decide on those flavors and making sure that that's what would drive consumer demand? Yeah, so this idea, as I had mentioned, kind of born out of the, the idea that we just didn't see much whole food plant-based products on the shelf. And so we kind of stepped back and said, how could we make something that was whole ingredients? And we, um, I was kind of making things on my own at home. When I, when I was, I'd cook something and I'd freeze it. And then I started freezing it into burritos. And then the next thing you know, I was taking those to work. And so that's kind of a part of the impetus of the idea before we co-founded the company. Um, what I think we looked at when we first developed these products, we hired a great um, food scientist named Maggie Sadowski, and, and she really kind of came up with a host of ideas across the spectrum. And as we looked at those, we, we just came up with the ones that came with the most full flavor. One of the things we didn't want to do was we didn't want to be a mush inside of a wrap, like a lot of burritos. We didn't want to be kind of a stewy type consistency. We wanted to be more of the actual whole foods and ingredients. So that meant you really had to rely on spices. And so some things work better with spices than others. And that's that's where we came up with our three flavors. Um, so far, tikka masala and spicy chipotle are both probably our leading flavors. Um, spicy is the most spicy, tikka is kind of in the middle and then Moroccan gold doesn't have any spice flavor. Um, but there are places you know, where it, they, they all, what the great thing is they all three sell well. Um, Tikka probably is just a little bit ahead of the other two. Okay, and I think the most common. And we have two new flavors coming. Yeah, really? yeah, and we have two new flavors coming. Uh, right now we're in talks, we can't say what they are, but they're different um, international flavors. And we're in talks with a couple of retailers about uh, some kind of a short exclusive period or something. Um, so hopefully those will get introduced sometime this summer. Well, the and there's quarter. been a, a huge demand for international cuisine because people aren't traveling and they're not getting that fix that they normally get by just naturally going to China or Europe or, you know, different parts of um, the culture. So I think it's great that you're thinking international cuisine. I think that's really kind of yeah and you also see if you look at the data from millennials and generation z they're much more flavor forward so whereas my generation grew up on salt sugar and fat and we, we wanted it you know that those were the things we were really after um the younger generation is very flavor forward like bowl flavors and so this plays in well with that 
So we've been talking about the business a lot, but I also want to talk about you and your career path. Before Cool Beans, you were principal at Advantage Capital Partners, the Chicago-based private equity firm, where you managed investments out of the Food and Agriculture Fund. So you had 20 years of experience, or probably over 20 years of experience in private equity investing. Why become a CEO now? Sure. So, um, you know, it's always been a, uh, an interest of mine to be on the operator side. And, um, but, it, you know, I think you think about it, it really has to be something you're passionate about. I think that's the best way to get involved from, from a startup perspective. Um, because it's not going to feel like work and it's not going to feel like drudgery when you go through, you know, the pains of growing as, as everyone does. Um, you know, private equity I've loved. It's been, it's been a, um, and I think as I've moved more and more to what my real passion is, is sustainable food and agriculture, kind of creating a sustainable future of food. Um, that's, that's where my investments have started to move. Unfortunately, we had limitations with the fund that I was investing from because it was a rural focused fund. And so it was already food and agriculture limited and then rural as well. So you really couldn't focus just on sustainability. You had to, you had to be much more broad than that. And um, so it, it just really didn't fit real well with my philosophy anymore. And I was starting to think about where, what I wanted to do and where I wanted to move. Um, and you know, I had been the co-founder of Cool Beans and really had been a seed funder of the company. And it had just gotten on shelf and started to really do well. And we saw an opportunity and uh, I talked to the other folks on the board and, and you know, we worked something out and it just, it, it was just the right time and, and, and a great situation. So, and it's been a lot of fun. I'm really glad that I've done it. Good, great. And yeah. kind of keeping with that theme, when is a good time to start taking an investment for more of a formal institution, be it venture capital, private equity, family office, you know, because now you've had seen both sides of it, right? You, you were investing for so long and, and working with operators and now you've become one. Yeah, I would definitely say that it depends on the type of business you are and the um, vision for how how far fast you want to grow. Um, in general, the general rule would be to wait as long as possible because you're going to do a lot better from a um, evaluation perspective. However, that's not always a possibility. And if you don't have a good network of angels that, or friends and family, if you can't fund the business, then you've got to go sooner. Uh, in our case, we, uh, a partner of mine and I seed funded the company. And then we were partnered with Beyond Brands, a group out of New York that basically helps to develop and launch products. And they were kind of the management team running the company for the first year and a half while we were developing the products, finding distribution, finding our co-packing or co-manufacturing partner. And um, we raised, so primarily my uh, a partner of mine and I seed funded it. And then we went out as we got closer to market and raised a kind of a seed round of angels or a pre-seed round of angel money. And we've used that then to get into market um, and to launch the products, get on shelf, start moving the velocities up and things like that. And now we're probably gonna go out sometime this summer for a, a more formal seed round um, that may have institutions and, and, and some angels as a combination. Great. Um, so what are you excited about in 2021? You know, hopefully we're kind of putting the pandemic behind us and, and we're moving forward into the new reality. I mean, what are you thinking it's going to look like for food? 
Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot to be excited about right now. Um, I, I'm certainly excited about the growth of plant-based, mm-hmm. both personally as well as for the company. And and it's it's long past being a fad. It's definitely a long-term trend now, growing from something like three billion dollars in 2017 to five billion dollars um, in the in 2019. And so um, that trend is, as you had mentioned, for those three reasons, kind of. Um, there were three reasons that are kind of lifting that. And I think that will continue. I, you also see a lot of flexitarians eating part of the week, uh, plant-based and people learning the virtues of just bringing more plants and fiber into their diet, which is important. Um, I think the um, reemergence of frozen is really exciting. I've become addicted to frozen organic blueberries and things like that because they just they end up having so much more flavor than fresh and and a lot of that's because fresh has to travel for two weeks and and oftentimes is sprayed with chemicals and things like that to keep it fresh Um, so that's definitely interesting then there's just a lot more um, kind of micro nutrition or really high hyper focused nutrition that we're seeing now that people can do through dna testing and things that's kind of interesting uh, and indoor agriculture is really starting to take off, which I think is great because you think about the sustainable future of food, unfortunately, is not going to be able to continue to provide all of our produce for us as we've had over the last 15 to 20 years. And slowly, that's going to have to move more and more indoors because of the swings, the wild swings of climate um, and climate events. And so... I think it's exciting that people are being finding ways to do it now in an economic manner, and there's a lot of funding going in that direction. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm excited too. I, I think you've known I've been a pescatorian for about 20 years now, um, and, and definitely skew more on the vegetarian side. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even in the M&A world, we've been so busy at Conrosnick, and I've done a, a lot of frozen food and e-commerce deals. So it, it's definitely picking up. Investors are excited to get involved, as you said, when the time is right for the business. Um, so. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and a lot of, I think what's exciting for the industry too, is a lot of the food companies have benefited, the, the kind of the traditional CPG companies have really benefited from COVID. And there was, I think a lot of them have repaired their balance sheets, gotten strong earning statements. And, and that then creates a pool of people for acquisitions in the future. And then you've got this whole kind of SPAC um, world that's grown up here in the last year. And I don't know how long-term it, it's going to be. It certainly won't probably continue at this pace, but uh, those SPACs create a lot of opportunity for future liquid liquidation events for the kind of the emerging brands and companies in the industry. Yeah, we work with some SPACs at Conresic and we've already seen the numbers. I mean, there's about three times as many SPACs as there was in 19 than we're in 20. So we can only imagine what 20 right. is going to look like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's good. Well, Tyler, thank you for speaking with me today. I enjoyed learning more about Gold Beans and more about your background, even though we've been friends for a long time now. Um, I hope our audience enjoys getting Cool Bean burritos. And as Tyler mentioned a few times, you know, they're in Sprouts, they're in other natural retailers, they're from New York to California. You definitely can find them if, if you look out for them. So um, hopefully people- There's a, there's, a, uh, there's a link on our website where you can find a uh, store locator, where you can find all the stores that we're in. Yeah, I actually went to that this weekend, and you're right. There's a, tons of places that you guys have to get a little bit more in Illinois, because <laughs> that would be more helpful Yeah, for me. yeah. We're actually going into Foxtrot. Within two weeks, we'll be in all the Foxtrots, which is great. 
Good. Yeah, Good. we are a little bit limited in the Midwest, for sure. Not for, not for long, right? It, it's going to happen. Yes, exactly. And I'm excited exactly. to try the international flavors because I, I do miss traveling and yeah. hope to get back to that. But again, I think that's a really great category to start focusing on um, because people still aren't internationally traveling as much as we used to. So. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun, for sure. Yeah.